to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. My name is Neil Grogan. I'm here with Matthew Statler. And we all back. <laughs> We've been on a hiatus, man. Um, uh, some things have happened, <laughs> to say the least. Matt, you got uh, you got the Rona, right? I got the vid, yeah. Mm. So the, the COVID took Matt down. Matt, you also moved. We moved to uh, another place in the same general area. Yeah, so you didn't change churches. Didn't change churches. Don't let anybody freak out about that. We're still going <laughs> strong here at Sierra Vista Baptist. Yeah. But, but yeah, we did move because we have you know four kids, and we needed the space to uh, let them roam. And yeah. that's been, been nice. And, you know, Matt's got a uh, commitment to the prosperity gospel, so... Yeah, so uh, send money. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, yeah, and then uh, on our on our side, man, we've been crazy busy. We had sickness run through the house, you know, stomach viruses. Um, we actually, Brittany's, my wife's grandmother passed away. That was really hard. That happened, like the night before Thanksgiving. Um, so we just finally kind of wrapped up that adventure this week. Um, so yeah, man, uh, we thank you guys for your patience with us. You know, during the holidays, it's a little more difficult. And plus, you know, things happen, uh, hard things happen, which kind of led Matt and I towards, uh, making a decision about what we're going to talk about today. You know, um, with the joy and the happiness and the the thankfulness uh, that comes with a holiday season, you know, for many um, other words like depression or loneliness or anxiety, painful memories, stress, like that's more synonymous with the holiday season. And, you know, we just recognize there's a lot of people grieving in this season of, uh, of, you know, this annual season that we uh, get to towards the end of the year specifically. I think a lot of times too, people, it sneaks up on people, um, you know, with, with the expectation and excitement of, of a holiday. And so sometimes, um, and I'm thinking in particular about someone who has lost a family member or a friend, and they this could be the first holiday that they're going to be without their their loved one, their friend. Sure. Um, or you know, possibly there's been several holidays, and for some reason you're just really sorrowful during this season, and you don't understand why. Nobody else is really understanding why you are um, in sorrow. And that could lead you to isolate. Uh, that could lead you to uh, push others away. Um, or maybe you just think other people don't understand. And so you're just going to not risk those awkward conversations uh, where people are singing joy to the world. And yet your heart is, is hurting, is burdened. Um, and so right. Neil and I really want to help um, unpack some of that this, on this podcast as we talk about grief um, in the holidays or, 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 you know, surviving, surviving the holidays while you experience grief. Um, and, and there's, there's some good ways and right ways that we deal with it. And I think there are some um, 
problematic ways that we deal with it. One of them is, of course, isolation. Uh, yeah, avoidance. Avoidance, yeah. And I'm not saying that you need to go and, and throw a party, right? That's not necessarily <laughs> yeah. what we're we're talking about. But how can you um, still endure and go through some of the holiday season um, and yet not completely isolate yourself? And we know, Neil, um, you know, suicide and um, self-harm, uh, it really comes up a lot during the, the holiday season. And I think, yeah, I part think statistically of it, it's yeah. uh, exponentially greater during this time of year than it is throughout the rest of the year. And, and I think a lot of that is because, you know, when you're when the holidays are not around, you're busy, um, you're you're working, you're um, in a routine. But then the holidays come and, and maybe work is out for a couple of days and you're alone um, or maybe you're the coworkers that are kind of, they're not really friends, but they're acquaintance acquaintances. You go to lunch with them, you go to dinner with them, but you know, they're not, they're, they're focused on their own families. They're focused on their own things. And so now you find yourself kind of alone. Um, and then you go to church and everybody at church is celebrating the holiday, singing and, and joyful and you feel out of place. Um, so right. I, I see this a lot that those who experience loss will um, pull back during this season um, because of their sorrow. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right on there. I think everybody pulls, pulls back and, you know, um, I, anytime there's some sort of traumatic experience or um, downcast season of life, I think one of those knee jerk reactions is always going to be to avoid and to pull back like what you're describing, Matt, think other responses that we have naturally um, out of the deceptiveness of our hearts is anger. Some, sometimes we're just really angry with God, you know, joy to the world. How, well, how can I be joyful when they're, you know, my, my family member just passed away, you know, or I'm sitting at Thanksgiving dinner and I'm, and I'm noticing this empty seat across from me. Uh, oftentimes we, have intrusive thoughts and memories we we wish to flee from um and then of course despair and depression um uh, are, are also uh, natural responses often and i think you know the big thing uh, matt and i want to do is maybe maybe help you see that the bible um number one gives us a way forward um in in christ and number two, that there's a way to go about um, this holiday season in a, in a manner that is uh, God glorifying and and produces healing in you and not just um, a survival. Right. Like our aim shouldn't be just to bear and grit and survive until we can't anymore, but it should be to grow and to heal and to uh, persevere. And, you know, I think the first text um, that will help us in in understanding these kind of natural feelings we have in the season uh, for those who have experienced loss or or um, some sort of experience that um, reminds you each year is is John 16, 33. When Jesus says that he has told us these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. 
you know, Jesus gives us uh, permission to struggle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's a normal thing. It's normal to hurt. Um, and I think this is the one of the biggest lies that we listen to that is somehow abnormal to hurt. And Jesus creates a normalcy for us. I mean, he hurt, right? Like we see in the Gospels um, that it grieved him when he saw um, the sisters of Lazarus mourning uh, his death. It When he got to the tomb of Lazarus, he wept himself. We see Jesus cry out to God on the cross, why have you forsaken me? Or giving his mom to John, the beloved apostle to take care of. Like those are hard moments uh, of grief in our savior that he even had, but he did not grieve absence, absent of hope. And I think that's the uh, uniqueness of Christianity is that we can grieve with hope not hopelessness. And so I think the first lie we must combat is that it's somehow abnormal to feel unhappy um, or um, afraid or um, downcast. No, these are normal things. It's normal to hurt. I think also um, as you are doing that, you want to interrogate your feelings um, we know the psalmist says, why are you cast down on my soul? Put your hope in God. Um, and so yeah. Psalm 42 verses yep. five and 11. Exactly. And, and so we see that there's a pattern there of asking questions of yourself, talking to yourself. Um, and, and this is not, this can be a, you can also, um, short circuit your healing process. If you, if you want to use that terminology, um, yeah. by asking why, why is this happening to me? Why did you do this? God, why, why, why? Um, so I'm not saying we need to necessarily spend all our time dwelling on that, but ask yourself, why am I cast down? Why am I sad? Um, and honestly you can reply, well, because I lost my friend, I lost my spouse, I lost a loved one, uh, during my, you know, this is the first Christmas without a parent or, or whatever. And, and you can sit there and say, well, of course I'm sad. I'm, I'm missing somebody. And so this, this process of, of asking your, your feelings, um, why are they acting that way is not to say that they're necessarily wrong. Cause this is a justified experience, a justified emotion. Um, we are allowed to be sorrowful when we're sad. Yeah. Um, that's right. why we mourn with those who mourn and we, we hope, you know, we have joy with those who have joy. Um, but ultimately we, we can, we can, we can experience this without full on despair. Um, and I think part of the problem is we, we don't recognize that this is a, a normal experience, a normal emotion to be sad when we have lost someone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, for the Christian, you know, our grieving oftentimes in the New Testament is reflected as groaning. Like we're gro we're longing, we're groaning for something else to come, right? And, and that's a reflection of a reality that something is coming. Um, that's why I say we can grieve with hope, right? Uh, Romans 8.22 says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning 
as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the redemption of our bodies. Key there, right? We are groaning for the redemption of our bodies and the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So even the Apostle Paul is kind of expressing, hey, this natural longing, this natural groaning, this grieving of our current situation, often experienced in suffering and trial and hardship and tribulation. But what are we groaning for? What are we longing for? Where well, we're longing for Christ to complete his work that he has promised. And, you know, what, what's important for us, and this is the grieve with hope thing, is that we're hoping in Jesus will come again and make all things new, like Revelation 21, 19 through 21 communicates to us. And that's what, something he said he would do, and that's something he is going to do. Uh, he has a 100% per, proven track record uh, for that. So, you know, I think, Matt, maybe it'd be helpful um to identify some lies, potential lies we may believe, and and what is what is the truth from Scripture that we should tell ourselves? I think uh, you know there's another thing that ruins holidays often for people who are grieving in the season, and that's the sin that they've committed. You know, maybe a divorce has occurred, and you don't get Christmas with your kids you know, because of sin. And maybe the lie that you're listening to is, man, I've just ruined my life by my sin. My whole life is ruined. And I think the truth that we have to tell ourselves is that, hey, God restores and forgives me. You know, we see that in Psalm 32, 1 and 2, Isaiah 55, 6 and 7, Philemon 1, 6. Um, there, there are many texts that communicate this reality of forgiveness and redemption and restoration that we have in Christ. So if you have sinned and the consequence have, of that sin has been separation, uh, relational separation with your family, it's okay to grieve that sin, to have sorrow over that sin, but you can anchor yourself in the truth of forgiveness and restoration through Christ. And we know that to be true because we can look to the cross, right? And we can look to an empty tomb that displays this guaranteed forgiveness and restoration that he promises. Um, what's another lie that you might uh, think of, Matt, right now in this season? I want to tag on to what you said. Uh, yeah, yeah, Neil, go for it. Real quick. You know, in Romans, we see that, you know, which it, Paul talks about, uh, when we sin, grace abounds. Mm. And a lot of times I think even though we want to recognize the heinousness of sin, the evilness of sin, the, the sinfulness of sin, we also want to recognize that our sinning is another opportunity for God's grace uh, in our mm. lives. And we can see his redemption um, in that. And we can we can look forward to what God is going to do to redeem this um, because he is gracious, because he is kind. Um, and, and when we confess and we humble ourselves under his mighty hand, he uh, lifts us up. And so anticipate what that's going to look like, what restoration will look like. And so you may be lonely and your family may be broken apart right now, um, but God can do marvelous things. And 
And you can see beauty come out of all of that, um, out of the loss. And we see um, so often uh, God producing out of the graveyard of life and uh, dry bones becoming alive and stuff like that. So, right. so we have that, um, that hope. I, I know a lot of people really dwell on their sinfulness and wickedness and, and sometimes don't see the grace aspect. Um, yeah. But lament alive, with, lament yeah. without lament without hope. Yeah, is that's is incorrect. Complete you know? despair. That's right. Yeah, I think a major lie that we um, we experience when we're grieving during a holiday season is the lie of "I will always be alone" or even mm. "I am alone." So one of the uh, emphasis emphases. I don't know how you would say the plural of emphasis, but one of those themes that I am really unpacking in our um, sermon series through Isaiah during this Christmas season is the the idea of Emmanuel, of God with us. And uh, in Isaiah chapter 9, we have this beautiful picture of God with us where, where we see that there's going to be a person, a man, who is going to come and shatter the yoke. He's going to be a great light. And then John picks up that and says that this this man is actually Jesus Christ. He is the word and he uh, tabernacles amongst us. And what I think um, we as Christians, we have such a beautiful opportunity to recognize that Christ came in the past. He's here with us in the present and he's going to redeem us as or continue to redeem us and into the future glorify us. And so we are not alone right now. You, if you are a Christian, have the Lord Jesus Christ with you. Um, there's a reason why the Holy Spirit is given as a, a guarantee of our salvation. He is the comforter. He is the, yep. um, he is the one that comforts us in our times of sorrow and pain. And, and he is the, the representation of, of God with us. I mean, he is Emmanuel yep. quite literally. Uh, so for, for me, um, my tendency, because I can't see it, I don't have my eyes of faith, my my spectacles of faith on. I'm only seeing the physical. And I look around my room, and I'm by myself. There's no yeah. person here, um, and we can remedy that to some extent. But how many of you have have felt alone in a crowd? Um, mm-hmm. We can just as easily be surrounded by people laughing and having a good time and feel alone. And so this this. God with us um, is such a mind-blowing concept. I don't think we've ever really done a a good job just dwelling on it and unpacking it. Um, But God is with you. Um, He will never leave you nor forsake you. We see images of this all throughout Scripture, right? We see it in Daniel and the lion's den. We see it in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the flame. Um, God is literally there with them um, to comfort it. And then we see Paul. Paul says that everyone abandoned him. His friends abandoned him in 2 Timothy. He said, no one stood by me at my first offense. I was completely alone, except God stood with me. The Lord stood at my side. (laughs) So the Lord was with him, and that is what gave him such great comfort. And he didn't, in fact, it gave him so much comfort that he didn't even want to condemn anybody else. He says, don't count it against them. Don't even worry about them. God's going to take care of that. So mm-hmm. when we, we get this lie of just overwhelming loneliness, recognize that the Lord will stand by us. 
um, that we have the living God as our um, as our friend, as our um, compatriot, as our companion, and nothing and no one can separate us from His love. And so, as we as we dwell on that, keep that in mind during this season. Yeah, I think uh, to go with that, uh, there's probably an accompanying lie often believed, and that's that man, God just doesn't care, or He doesn't love me. And that's why I'm going through this tumultuous season, right? Um, but the reality is God does care about you. You know, we see those in texts like First Peter 5, 6, and 7, where, you know, Peter says to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, um, as, he, as he exalts you, casting all your anxiety, all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Um I'm also reminded, Matt, of Romans 8, 38 um, and 39, which says, Paul says, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that can separate us. And there are more texts I, I can think of. John three sixteen, First Samuel one nineteen, Isaiah forty nine, fifteen and sixteen. These these the the Bible says much about the presence of God, and not only the presence of God, but that He exercises an affectionate care upon His children, um, even in the reality that God whis- uh, restrains much evil in the world. And, um, you know, the other day, I think it was Wednesday, there was a man who walked into Colleen Mall where I live and uh, killed a clerk. Um, and, and it looked like, you know, I don't know the case or whatever, but it looks like it was like an execution, like a hit almost like he went for one person and then left. And uh, man, that's that's desperately evil and wicked what this man has done. But I think about the almost like the flip of that is he could have very easily turned around to the crowd in the mall and done more evil. Um, but even even so, man, we know that what he meant for evil, G- Genesis fifty twenty, God means for good. He cares about us and he is working all things together for good, even those things. Um and I think the big lie, though, Matt, is that man, God just doesn't care about me. Um, that's why I'm sad. And, you know, I think we can express those feelings to our Lord. Um, yeah. But we need to remember that Scripture helps you untangle those feelings by giving you the proper lens, the proper spectacles, as Matt said, to view your circumstance through. I think we can, um, there's some truth that this Puritan guy said, he said, God may cast us down, but he does not cast us off. And um, the way we know this, the way we know this to be true is these pictures of God's love and care for us. Um, You know, you brought up, we asked, you know, is God good? I think two questions I always ask in my time of sorrow is God good or is God great? Those are the two things I always question. Um, is God great? Then he can. Why is he not removing this from me? Um, if he's good, why isn't he doing that? Right. <clears throat> and so, 
to, to combat that, I kind of think back to my time in the military and when I started maybe questioning my my spouse's love for me or my girlfriend's love for me or I would go and I would I would look at the a letter um, that she had written and I would reread all the nice things that she said. I would look at a picture of us together, happy, right, smiling, a smiling picture where we were together and we had a good time. Um, and so even in the hard times, in the time where I felt alone, I could look back and say, you know what, we did have good times. We did love each other and we still love each other. And so I do that with the word. I think about that in the scripture and the greatest picture is Christ, um, that God would send his son, that he would become human flesh and dwell among us. So he would face all that we have faced. We know the Hebrews four passage. Uh, we don't have a great high priest who is unable to sympathize, which, which really means co-suffer. Um, and we don't have this great high priest who is unable to sympathize because he suffered in every way. He bore our illnesses. He, he wore the same thing. We, we look at the picture in Isaiah 53 of the suffering servant. Um, and we, and we can recognize that God is with us, that he is, his suffering heals us. Um, his, presence with us. Um, now, and, and this is the thing. I think, Neil, we, we also don't want to paint an unrealistic picture that we're going to have all the answers, yeah. right? Um, I, the same Puritan wrote that he longs for the day that God would unriddle his providences, right? Because it's kind of a riddle, right? If God is love, why do we hurt? If God is great, why do bad things happen? Um, and we may never know fully why God allows these things to happen or even causes some of these things to happen or all these things to happen. And so when we ask these questions, why does bad things happen? Uh, we can rest in God's character as we've seen in Scripture and know that he has a reason. We just don't fully grasp it. And we may never fully grasp it um, until the day, but we can be sustained. Neil, you had a really good quote about what the gospel does. Um, in good and bad times. Um, I don't know if you remember what it was, but um, yeah, I'd love the, to hear it. Yeah, the, you know, the gospel, which is our hope, uh, makes the good all the more sweeter, but it also makes the bad all the more purposeful, which is kind of goes with what you were saying, Matt, of dwelling upon the character of God. You know, there are several attributes of God that I think are very helpful for us, especially when we're trying to um, uh, uh, untangle the riddle of why certain things happen, right? Um, and one is omniscience. Man, God knows all things exhaustively in the past and the present and things to come. And I do not. I am finite. And I cannot understand even the 10th order effects of one decision that is made. But God knows nothing surprises him. And I know that all of this, all of these circumstances are working towards bringing Christ back again to finish the work that he has begun. Um, and he's going to do that in us as individuals as well, right? He that began a good work in you will see it into completion on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like, that's a promise we can rest in. And, you know, I think, Matt, when we when we wrestle with the gospel, we come out of a lie that my situation is hopeless um, and there is no there's no future. 
to man, God offers me hope. And this is the joy of our lives, the the anchored joy that we can have despite a circumstance. Whereas happiness, you know, moves moves in and out with with a circumstance, but joy can be anchored because it's anchored outside of us in our in what we hope in. What are you gonna say? Yeah, you know, and you may be listening right now and not be in grieving or be having a hard time. You may be one of those people who are just having a really great Christmas. Um, don't be scared of reaching out to someone who is struggling and being willing to listen um, yeah. and and to mourn with them who mourn. And you can still enjoy your time and Christmas. We're not talking about like, let's all be despondent this Christmas season. Debbie Downers. Yeah, <laughs> Debbie Downers. But yeah, but we yeah. can um we can sit and listen to the trials other people are having um and and recognize that there's a reason why they're not as joyful as you are this season. We can be uh, compassionate. Uh, maybe come out of our um comfort zone a little bit and reach out to those who are historically lonely, widows and orphans, right? Yeah. Um, we can we know that there are those who have experienced divorces and um, are going to be alone this season. Military members who are on on duty stations and training and um, just spend them a little bit of extra effort uh, reaching out to those around you. Uh, be the body of Christ to them. Uh, you know, if yeah, you're a pastor, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think that's the great that, that's the great point, right? It's if this season causes for many hopelessness what we are to do as the body of Christ is to proclaim our hope to one another, to proclaim the glorious gospel to one another. Uh, man, we, what a gift we can give to each other. It's like, what's the greatest Christmas gift offering your hope, um, which is, which is unshakable. Right. I, th- I think about Hebrews 10. Uh, I think it's verse 24, but it says, let us hold fast to our confession without wavering. (laughs) Um, And I think about that. Well, let us do that together. Why? Because as individuals, man, we tend to waver. (laughs) And uh, all of the loneliness and, you know, circumstantial scenarios that, you know, Matt and I are describing, um, we get to, as the body of Christ, hold fast to our hope. And in that holding fast to, we are able to, you know, get on higher ground, get on a firm foundation uh, together. We're not meant yeah. to try and just do that by ourselves. Which even more so, Neil, is we, we there's, there's that saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, and, it, and if you really want to share that hope, you have to first give of yourself. Um, you have to give right. yourself and show that you care about this person. You don't want to just come up next to some sad person, grab their arm and look at him and say, come on, let's be happy together. Let me tell you about how awesome Jesus <laughs> is. Right. But you want to sit there and you want to hear their story. You want to hear them um, and then ease into sharing this hope and and giving of yourself um, just as Christ gave himself for us. Um, and I think, I think we can take that compassion as we move forward. Neil, do you have any uh, parting words? No, I just, you know, I, I well, I guess, yes. <laughs> I said, no, no, but, uh, no, I think, uh, I would say, 
um, preach the gospel relentlessly to yourself. Whether this season is one of joy and happiness and comfort and good memories or suffering and struggle and despair, regardless of your circumstance, believer, dear friend, preach the gospel to your heart because it is our hope in Jesus where we find stable ground. And so I think that's how I would uh, kind of leave us today. Neil, um, um, can real just real fast, I, I know we're, we're, we're landing this plane, but when we say preach the gospel to ourselves, can you show me like real practical, like real hands-on, down and dirty, how do you do that? Yeah, so um, I think, you know, one of those things like you were describing of Emmanuel, God with us, I recognize that, you know, like Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 talks about that, man, I was, I'm a dead wretch. I am, I'm dead in my trespasses. There's, there was no hope in me. And I feel like that right now, but my hope is in Christ, the same Christ who loved me and gave himself up for me, who uh, brought me out of death into life um, as he died on the cross and rose again from the grave. And so, man, Lord, this doesn't make sense. I feel very hopeless right now, but you tell me to cast my cares upon you because you care about me. And so here it is, Lord. Not I need prayer. your help. Yeah. I need your mercy. Would you help me? Help me to not miss and forget that Jesus has done something supernatural in my heart. Um. And let me love love you in a deeper way and love others in a deeper way as a result of this yeah, I reality. Think, I think that prayer, praying that out. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, for me, it's, it's grabbing a passage or a verse and not letting it go until I've sucked the life out of it. I mean, yeah, I've, meditation. I've meditate on that. Just think on, you know, because we, we get caught up in reading lots of story or the, you know, read as much of the Bible as you can. But man, sometimes we just need a small piece. Right. I mean, how many of us have taken a, a cough drop, chewed it up and wondered why it hasn't soothed our throat? Right. Mm. It's because we just chewed it. But if we suck on it and we take all the juice out of it and let the medicine do its work, that's what we want to do. So grab a passage of scripture that really speaks to this Emmanuel God with us or um, our situation. Hebrews 4, 14 Hebrews 4. through 16. Yeah, any yeah. attribute characteristic of God and Christ, and just right. just dwell in that that passage. Write it down. Put it on your um, phone. Put it on your um, screen. Put it on the the mirror. I mean, whatever you got to do, but just get that into you, um, and just dwell in it this season as you're sorrowful. Um, don't take a big chunk. Just take a little, and just sit there with it, and ask God to show you um, how this passage in, you know works in your life. Yeah, prayer, meditation, those are those are key. Community is going to be key. It's uh, huge. Let others let others proclaim their hope to you. Don't don't refrain from asking them, "Hey, I'm feeling in in dis- despondent right now. Would you uh would you just I just need some truth talk to me right now." And uh I think that's really helpful. Um yeah, I think uh Matt too when you take a text like that, 
uh, it's almost like an antibiotic, you know, when you have this sickness, right? Here's this antibiotic, take it for two weeks, you know, uh, cling to something in the and word. if you end early, if you end before the medicine does its work, you're, you're, it's not, it's not complete. Uh, right. you know, sometimes, man, I'm, I, I get, this is an exciting topic for me, so we're going to not land our plane if we keep this up, <laughs> but by regular Bible reading, I think is like vitamins that really mm-hmm. just keep our body strong, our spiritual life strong and, and our relationship with the Lord. Um, but then sometimes meditation is really more like you said, antibiotics or a yeah. specific prescription that you need to take for a particular illness. Um, yeah. and so man, do not let go of that passage, that promise, that, that section that you are, um, dwelling on meditating on before it does its work in your heart, before you begin yeah. to feel its effects. Yeah. And you know, like what we talked about earlier, Matt, like what are the lies I'm believing right now? And then take the text that, that tells you the truth and meditate on the text because then you begin to tell yourself the right things, the, the truth. That's preaching the gospel, preaching the truth back into your heart, which is deceptive, i.e. the lies, right? Um, so we're waging this right war against our flesh armed with uh, the sword of the spirit. Um, so guys, uh, we could go literally hours on this, but let's end here. If you need anything at all, if you want prayer, you can contact us on our social media, um, the Gospel Lifeline podcast. Um, We would love to pray for you. And, you know, we're endeavoring as you are in this season of life, both with joy and also with sorrow. And so um, know that you are not alone. There's nothing you're enduring that is uncommon to man. Like 1 Corinthians 10, 13 talks about. Uh, look that text up and and be encouraged because there are people in your faith community, your church, who um, have walked similar ground as you. Um, but guys, we thank you for listening to the Gospel Lifeline podcast. Until next time, Neil and Matt, we out.